0: If the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. God wants to finish the story. And the very thing that we would love, he unfolds in himself all that would bring joy and life and peace to us.
1: Welcome to Keep the Main Thing, a podcast of sermons and messages from Pastor Leland Evenson. I'm Mark Evenson. As we have shared with you, we have been taking Pastor Lee's sermons in chronological order from the copies of the recordings that we have today. As we work through the sermons that were recorded on cassette tape, each week we try to clean up the recording as much as possible to provide as good a quality of message as we can. This week, we inadvertently skipped two sermons while setting up for this particular podcast. When I discovered the error, I contemplated whether we should go back and publish the appropriate sermon or push forward with today's message. After listening to the first part of this sermon from Pastor Lee titled, From Rejection to Reception, I had a sense that our mistake happened for a reason, that we needed to get this podcast out now because this was a message someone needed to hear. It is actually a sermon that we all need to hear. Rejection is part of everyone's life. There is no one who is immune from rejection. Yet I hope that this podcast will specifically speak to someone in a very meaningful way who might be struggling this moment with rejection and maybe even perhaps self-hate. One only has to read the news or you can observe it in your own community that rejection, self-hate, and self-pity are everywhere. No matter what your position is in life, rich or poor, married or single, employed or unemployed, father, mother, daughter, son, friends, anyone experiences rejection at points of time in their life. Suicides are on the rise. Many young people struggle with acceptance and their self-esteem. They are constantly seeking ways of changing their lives even their identities to fit in better. In many cases, in their desperation, they make rash decisions that have negative consequences. Because of the internet and particularly social media, rejection has become even that more powerful. The stakes are higher because the visibility is greater, hopelessness is stronger, and our morals and principles are weaker. There are kangaroo courts filled with the wrong judges and juries, easily rendering a verdict of rejection on anyone they please. And there is nowhere to flee or hide for the wounded. Today's message is based on the Gospel lesson from the ninth chapter of the Gospel of John. I would suggest reading that passage. There are a number of dynamics going on through those 41 verses. Jesus' interaction with the blind man is the focal point. However, Jesus with the Pharisees is a good lesson as well as the blind man's dealings with his family and with the Pharisees as well. The handwritten note on the cassette tape suggests that this sermon was given on March 22, 1987. That would have been my father's 54th birthday. Perhaps that explains why there are a number of introspective narratives that my father shares about his own life. Take a listen to Rejection to Reception, it is an emotionally packed sermon that helps us remember that having the right perception of Jesus will help us handle rejection. And with the right perception we willingly move towards the loving reception we receive from our Father in heaven. For God is of course the right source for finding our true identity, recognizing our absolute genuine worth, and experiencing unconditional love.
0: Lord forgive us when we think that we were a reject, that we were made incorrectly, the wrong height or the wrong nose, the wrong talent or lack of it. We thank you that you've made us the way that you want us to be so that we can reflect your glory. We thank you for that perfectness with which you have made each thing for its purpose, and our purpose is to glorify you, to serve you, to be a light in the world. Thank you for your, great is your faithfulness to us. Morning by morning, new mercies we see. May we see new mercies this morning, new dimensions to your love. We thank you that you're here to speak to each of us who would be suffering any kind of rejection this morning. Be with the Sunday school teachers as they go to their classes. Give them a sense of expectancy. They're custom-made for that exact class. It would go with an excitement with your, for your word and for those they will teach. So we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Those of you who went to a rural school knew the the problems uh, that when you were going to play a game, everybody had to play in order to have enough players. Our school, we usually had, as I recall, between 16 and, and 18 students. And so when you're going to play ball, you would naturally choose sides. <clears throat> Remember those first days, those first years at school, when. I was in the lower grades and others were there with me and the 8th graders would be choosing and you would stand there patiently waiting while they would choose right down probably through the 7th grade and maybe if someone was gifted they would skip down to the 4th or 5th grade but you would patiently stand there being rejected time and time again till finally they'd get to the end and they would simply assign you they would just say well you take him he's a sure out and I'll take her and now we'll play ball. And so you were a reject who would be a sure out. You weren't even really chosen when it came to the end, but simply appointed. Life is full of pain and rejection. We experience it probably every day in one way or another. The young lady in high school who wouldn't go out with me because I was probably a hayseed farmer and my car wasn't new enough, or my father's car. Or the baseball team that I didn't make. Or the one who didn't ask me to the city of Hawkins. Or as you grow older, those who reject your ministry and transfer to other churches. Every one of those transfers you sign, you see it as an object of rejection of your ministry. And something about you and the congregation you represent. And so it goes from day to day and year to year. For 19 years, I've been rejected from sharing at the Lutheran Brotherhood Lenten midweek services. And every year, there are those who come in and have been in here only a year or two. And if you're a woman, you're immediately asked to be a part of that downtown service. Rejection. Some of you are rejected this morning by a marriage partner who said, we're all done, I'm getting a divorce. And you've suffered the rejection and you're still hurting the pain and the sting from that. Or as a child, the rejection may be of parents who for whatever reasons you were rejected because you didn't produce or you didn't achieve, you didn't get to the certain level or because they were too busy and somehow you came in second to making money or to prestige or whatever went on in your lives. Applying for jobs that you never got or being in a job for a number of years and having the company tell you after 20 or 30 years we don't need you anymore. Rejection. Every day in a variety of ways. And so we see on TV people with a certain figure or certain looks or certain dress or certain clothes or certain intelligence and What that says to us, if we don't measure up, if we're not uh, exactly like that, that somehow we are rejects. That's why I appreciated that song of the sunbeams this morning. It fits in so well with this idea of rejection and that we need to understand that that we're custom-made and can be custom-fit to God's purpose and God's will in us. Ziggy is one who, to me, always portrays rejection par excellence. One of his cartoons, he says, I go through life with a feeling that I'm the one wearing the kick me sign. Or another place, he said, the only place I don't feel like a loser is on the bathroom scale. (laughs) Rejection. It's getting worse. Suicide among our young people and was interesting a number of friends or people that the ninth graders knew who have attempted or thought about suicide the youth who just not too many weeks ago called up his girlfriend or former girlfriend and said you better buy your dress because i am going to end my life she had suggested that they cut off their relationship for that time being and that's what he did because he was rejected by her he took his life Or the 13-year-old in California who wrote a note to his parents, please tell my classmates what happened. Watch if they are sad or if they laugh. But then he adds, but that's obvious. I never really had any friends. And so people handle rejection in different ways, with suicide or heading down the skid row or putting on a hard shell that somehow people can't penetrate or being loud or obnoxious. Or losing themselves in drugs, or busyness, or proving themselves in achieving and trying somehow. If if they get to a certain level of success, that somehow then they will no longer be rejected. It says in this responsive reading that we read this morning in a very precise way. I look to my right hand and find no one who knows me. I have no place to flee to, and no one cares for me. It stings, it hurts, it lasts for years and years and years. I have no place to flee, no one cares for me. And so we reject ourselves, our own sense of worth, I've always been reluctant to go up to any of the bishops who have been over me in the district. I would never go and shake hands with them. They have to come to me because somehow I feel there are a lot of others who are much more worthy, who would have more reason to take up the time of some bishop. And so we hate ourselves. We reject ourselves and our own sense of worth. And because of that, we reject others. In high school, many of us, as I can remember, there was a pecking order. And I dare not associate with those who are below me on the pecking order because I needed to reject them for fear that people would see me associating and talking with them and somehow it would affect my worth. Oh, how I wish I could have those days back and go to those people and affirm them and love them. But we reject others when we don't have any sense of worth in ourselves. We criticize in others what we're often guilty of ourselves. And so he was rejected, that man that had been born blind, because he was a sinner, either he or his parents. And they rejected him. And even after he was healed, they rejected him. And so Christ was rejected. It said, many went back and followed him no more. And they left him. Even his own disciples, in that moment when he needed them, rejected him and left him. And so we reject the Lord. But the man in the text in the gospel lesson illustrates to us the need for perception, to see the Lord and to see ourselves as we really are. When Jesus came to him after he had been healed, Jesus said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said, You have seen him, and it is he who speaks to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. How do we deal with rejection? We deal with rejection when we begin to have perception of who we are and who Jesus is and what the cross is. The Old Testament lesson, which we didn't read, talks about those, even the leaders, who didn't have perception who were blind and deaf and didn't see the Lord moving, even as those Pharisees here, the Lord had moved in a wonderful way as this man was touched through Jesus, and somehow they didn't have the perception to see it. And so their their faith remained rules and regulations and routine and rigid like cement. God could not move in them and through them and certainly make them lights in the world because of their lack of perception of who they were and who the Lord was. They thought they knew, but they really didn't. The young co- a young couple in uh, my office the other uh, evening t- talking about a decision that they had to make, and in the course of our sharing together, they, they gave their testimony. So I'm always eager to hear and to listen to. And they said, The Lord became real because they saw in another young couple in the church as they visited with them that they were changed. They used to go over there and they'd fight like cat and dog and be on each other's throat all the time. Suddenly this just turned around and changed and and they had enough perception to see that something profound must have happened in their lives. And so as they responded to that and saw what Jesus had done, so it led them into that kind of living faith in the Lord but too often people don't have perception. They don't see that. Sometimes a child can be transformed and changed and the parents don't see that it's the Lord that's done it. Someone was sharing last night about Wal Hilgenberg, who was a a Viking, and uh, when he was playing, some of them got together to pray, some of the Christians, and decided who would be the least likely one to come to know Jesus, and then decided on this Man, big, rough, tough, foul mouth, all the way. And so they prayed and began to ask the Lord, and the Lord began to move in them, and suddenly became a Christian. He was just changed. And the perception of people, they had a difficult trying to put that together. What made this man change such extreme darkness to into the light? The Pharisees' eyes were closed, and their ears were closed. Do you see Jesus or who he is? There was a tourist that bought an inexpensive uh, necklace over in Paris, and he was shocked when he came into this country the the high duty he had to pay, he couldn't figure out because they scrutinized it very closely, he looked under a magnifying glass, and so he decided he better take it to the jewelry the jeweler to see what in the world had caused it to be so expensive. And so the first jeweler, he looked at it under his... Pantified, he says, I'll give you $25,000 for it. Then he was really puzzled, so he thought, I'd better go to another jeweler, and he said, I'll give you $35,000. Finally, a man's curiosity couldn't be contained, and he said, what's with this necklace? Why is it so expensive? And then the jeweler had him look at an inscription under the magnifying glass, the inscription which said, from Napoleon Bonaparte to Josephine. The value came from its uniqueness, its identification with history. Jesus is the one unique person in all human history, and many don't perceive his worth. Many don't look at him through the magnifying glass of God's Word, that he is unique, that he's not just kind of a martyr who died a helpless death, that he's not some kind of a good teacher a good prophet or a good example or all the things we try to make him to be, but he is unique. And unless we see his worth for who he is, you see, we will not see our worth that he gives to us in his death on the cross. And many left and followed no more, and he said to Peter, Peter, will you also go away? And then Peter, with his perception, said, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. Do you have that perception of Jesus, his uniqueness, his worth? Are your eyes open and your ears that he's not some kind of incidental hobby to our life? He's not not some kind of a PS to the main script of our lives? Do you have a perception of your worth Dr. Foskey, who was president of Waldorf College some years ago, tells about his little daughter who had a, an ailment, an incurable disease, which would mean great discipline and restrictions in terms of her life and what she was able to do. And he searched his heart and mind for ways to try to comfort her and to help her to adjust to, this, to a new way of life. And one difficult day when she was especially <coughs> depressed with her illness, and not being able to do certain things and enjoy certain things. He said, I was at a loss for words of wisdom, and so silently I looked at her with tear-filled eyes. The little girl was startled, and upon seeing the tears in her daddy's eyes, she flung herself into his arms and cried, Oh, daddy, I didn't know you loved me so much. God couldn't find words. And so in his silent way, Jesus and the cross are his answer, the desperate answer to us and to our worth to him and to his love for us. We think in our society, you know, what is someone worth? We think of how much money do they have or what contributions are they making to a company or how much clout or how many goals have they reached? And we're so goal oriented If someone isn't performing and meeting all of these goals, we kind of sense that there's a lack of worth. He looks at us not for what we can do, but for who we are. And he couldn't put it in words, so he put it in Jesus, his only son, and in the cross on which he died. understand that, when you understand your worth, then you will see why it's so important when he says, he who comes to me, I will not cast out. We move from perception to reception. The prodigal saw home differently when he perceived his Father in a new light from a far distance. He said, I will arise and go to my Father. And what a reception by the Father. The thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. What a reception when he perceived who Jesus was. Then I can begin to accept myself and not reject myself, that he would die for someone such as I, that I'm the apple of his eye, one in a million then I can begin to accept others for who they are, that they are also custom-made and custom-fit for God's purpose, that their years may not be exactly the way that we think they should be, or someone's nose, or someone's eyes, or someone's height, but somehow God made them, and he saw the worth enough to die, and there is a great reception for all who come to him. We talk, you know, in communication and husband and wife or whoever are being totally there. Sometimes you go in, you know your uh, husband is watching uh, some athletic event on TV or the news and you start to talk to him and you know he's not totally there in terms of you. He's half in the TV and half with you. and you may get his attention in a variety of ways, which I won't go into. Probably the best is to walk out. He is totally there. He's not distracted from seeing you and receiving you and loving you. He doesn't say, keep your distance, as we sometimes Communicate to people in a variety of ways. Don't get too close to me. And they communicate rejection. He doesn't say that. He says, come to my heart. Come because I have made you and I have redeemed you and I love you and you are mine. Unless we come... Unless we respond to Him day by day, we become like the Pharisees with a faith's routine and rules and regulations and rigid. When we understand reception, there is relationship and renewal and resurrection. <clears throat> if we don't have perception, you see, we end up in pride. As the Pharisees were so proud, you know, who are you to talk to us? We are the leaders. You were born blind and you are a sinner or your parents. When we don't have perception and the reception, we have confusion like the Pharisees and we have division like the Pharisees. All of those things are apart no matter how religious we are. Unless we have perception and reception of Jesus in terms of his worth to us and our worth to him, We live under the sting of rejection. Maybe you feel that way today. <clears throat> Maybe you're suffering in terms of your worth, that you don't feel that you're, were custom made. That you came off on a semi-line like a cookie cutter and that the world could get along without you. Your children. Or your parents. Or the, Body of Christ. But may the Holy Spirit give you perception today so you don't live in self pity or self hate, that you don't apologize for being here or being born. We can move from rejection to reception. For as he accepts us, we can be a light that accepts others. There's a moving, <coughs> moving scene in that great story, Man of La Mancha, which I always enjoy seeing. It's toward the close of this great play when Aldanza says, My lady, I'm not your lady. I'm not any kind of a lady, as she says to Don Quixote. I was spawned in a ditch by a mother who left me there naked and cold and too hungry to cry. I never blamed her. I'm sure she left hoping I'd have the good sense to die. Then, of course, there's my father. I'm told that young ladies can point to their fathers with maidenly pride. Mine was a regiment here for an hour. I can't even tell you which side. So, of course, I became as befitted my delicate birth, the most casual bride of the murdering scum of the earth. Coyote says, and still art my lady. And she responds and says, and still he torments me now. How should I be a lady? For a lady has modest and maidenly airs and a virtue I somehow suspect that I lack. It's hard to remember these maidenly airs. Won't you look at me, look at me, man, won't you look at me, look at the kitchen slut wrecking with sweat, born on a dung heap to die on a dung heap, a strumpet men use and forget. If you feel that you see me not quite at my virginal oh best, cross my palm with a coin and I'll willingly show you the rest. And Coyote says, never deny thou art Dulcinea. Take the clouds from your eyes and see me as I really am. You have shown me the sky, but what good is the sky to a creature who never knew better than crawl? Of all the cruel devils who badgered and battered me, you are the cruelest of all. Can't you see what your gentle insanities do to me? Rob me of anger and give me despair. Blows and abuse I can take and give back again. Tenderness I cannot bear. So don't reach out to me when you say your sweet Dulcinea you call. I am only Aldonza. I know I am nothing at all. And the curtain drops. But shortly it rises again. And here is the impossible dreamer now dying like Jesus of a broken heart, scorned, laughed at, despised, rejected of men. And suddenly to his side comes what appears to be a Spanish queen in mantilla and lace. She kneels and prays. He opens his eyes and asks, Who are you? Don't you remember? The lady rises and stands tall. She is beautiful, perfectly proud, and perfectly humble at the same time. <clears throat> she speaks softly, Don't you remember? You called me your lady. You gave me a new name. My name is Dulcinea. The conversion was complete. She was born again because he saw her not for what she was but for who she could be. And so it is with us He sees us, not for what we may do or not do, not for what we have been, but who we are, custom fit for him to know and to love, and we in return. You may feel like a reject, that you're nothing at all. But he's here this morning to heal that inner hurt, that rejection, wherever it has come from and however long ago. For he's here to say, you are not Eldanza. You are Dulcinea my beloved, my precious, my child that I love and want you to love me in return. Do you see his worth like the blind man so that you're worshiping him Or do you see him with eyes blind and ears closed like the Pharisees so that he's only an interruption, only a hobby, only a P.S. to your life? Amen. Peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
1: Are you feeling rejected? Maybe a different or a new perception of Jesus and of God who created you is in order. If you have any questions about Jesus and how a relationship with him can change your life, please send me an email at mark.keepthemainthing, which is one word, at gmail.com. I'm happy to talk with you and direct you to some resources that might be helpful. I also hope you will pass this podcast along to someone you believe should hear this message from Pastor Lee, someone who perhaps needs to change their perception, which can help them change their rejection to reception. We hope you are accessing these podcasts from one of the many available hosting sites that now carry Keep the Main Thing. All the sermons are now available on our website as well, keepthemainthing.com. If you would like, please go to the website and leave us your name and email address, and we will be happy to alert you when a new podcast has been published. And of course, please let us know if you have any of Pastor Lee's old messages. We would love to keep adding to our library. Special thank you to Spencer and to Lee G. They continue to remain steadfast in helping us each week get this podcast out. Their efforts are greatly appreciated. And thank you again to all of you listeners of Keep the Main Thing, a podcast of sermons and messages from Pastor Leland Evenson.